Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Cam and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey, NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns No Breaks with Tam Renee and Front Row Kenny. How you guys doing? What it do, Renee and Front Row Kenny? <laughs> yeah, what's happening, y'all? How y'all doing? We're doing good, doing good. Uh, we're going to talk some playoffs. Not practice, but playoffs. Playoffs? Playoffs. Wait, I, I messed that playoffs? one up because I was confused between <laughs> the coach and Allen Iverson. But y'all got what I meant. (laughs) Well, first of all, before we say anything else, how about them Cowboys, baby? How about them? Boy, man, how about them? They look good. Man, (laughs) I was telling a friend of mine, Tim, and uh, because you know me, I mean, I'm a huge Cowboys fan, and and Kenny, you'll learn this about me too, but but I'm a realistic Cowboys fan, and I'm a little bit in touch with reality. And I don't really live in the past, like in the 90s and stuff <laughs> when in our heyday. But I was telling my buddy today, I was like, you know, man, because he hates the Cowboys. But I was like, dude, we've been so crappy for so long. I was like, even if we make a first down, I get excited. So I was like, let me just enjoy this moment that we actually got a win today, man. <laughs> I think the same way. I'm a Cowboys fan, too. So I feel you. I'm a realistic one. I promise you. If we win a if we yeah. win a playoff game this year, I'd probably be satisfied. I'd be satisfied, but yeah. It was <laughs> we play good today, so I'll take it. I'll take it what it is. For our listeners, we're gonna talk some NASCAR in a bit, but there would not be a show. Technically, it's not the first day of the NFL season, and I'm talking about Sunday because we know the games kicked off on Thursday. But we can't talk about NASCAR and not talk about the NFL on what I'm going to say is unofficially the opening day. And for you Cowboy fans, and that includes Renee as well as Kenny, your coach is a bum. So until Jerry gets rid of Garrett, I'm going to go out on a limb and say the Cowboys can't win a Super Bowl. Probably a fair assessment, though. I, I have to give it to you because it, it pretty much seems that way. I'm not a huge believer in Garrett. Hey, look, I don't see Super Bowl right now. I, I don't see anything that indicates Super Bowl. I don't care if Dak threw 405 yards today. It don't matter. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> we shall see. Well, I do want to uh, add one thing. I went to bed one night and woke up the next day, and I wasn't really on the internet. And then next thing I know, I was like, wait, what? A.B. is now playing for New England Patriots. I was like, dang, you missed five minutes on the Internet and you miss a whole lot. I was like, what? How did this go about? And that then, of course, plan, for real. hey, if it was, it was a master plan. He got a little shine on Hard Knocks, on HBO Hard Knocks with the Raiders and then bounced. And went to a whole nother team, but I think maybe he didn't factor in not playing on the opening day if that was his game plan. Because as you guys know, by now, New England beat the brakes off of Pittsburgh Steelers. Belichick somewhere, somehow, some way, some place, sometime, whatever, however you want to say it. He was like, 
I'm going to beat the brakes off these fools. And Tom Brady's (laughs) like, yeah, enough NFL talk because we have some NASCAR playoffs to talk about. How about my boy Clint Boyer? He is in. Jimmy is out. It is a wrap. And NASCAR Nation is divided. Most people are sad. I'm sad because it's just not an easy thing to watch a seven-time champion fade out into the sunset, but that's what I feel like is happening with Jimmy. Then you have a bunch of other people who don't really give a damn one way or the other because they felt like he didn't race good enough to be in. Then I was a little bit heartbroken for Daniel Suarez, who was almost there, but as we all know almost does not count because he's not in and instead Clint Boyer and Ryan Newman essentially took what I mean it wasn't the last two playoff spots but technically it was and both of those guys got in so before we jump into more NASCAR talk let me recap Indy for you guys really quick and at this point none of it matters because we're in the playoffs but Just because I'm going to tell you the top 10 for the Brickyard 400 at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Kevin Harvick won the damn thing and then he climbed the fence with my main man Smoke as well as his main man, his little dude, Keelan. Joy Logano quietly came in second and I say that because nobody was really talking about Joy. It was all about Kevin and then it was all about Bubba Wallace who came in third. William Byron came in for it. Maybe there's some hope for him in the playoffs. I'm not going to hold my breath on that, but it just sounded good coming off the tip of my tongue. How about that one? Clint Boyer came in fifth. I got to say that again. Clint Boyer came in fifth. Denny Hamlin came in sixth. And me, I know I did. Renee, you picked Denny to win the championship this year, correct? Yeah, I did. Okay, so he's looking good. And actually, no, I feel like I actually made a mistake because let me double check something. Did I get it wrong in terms of my picks? Or not necessarily my picks, but who came in sixth? Yeah, no, I was correct. Denny Hamlin came in sixth. Ryan Blaney came in seventh. Ryan Newman came in eighth, securing his playoff bid. Chase Elliott came in ninth. Paul Menard came in 10th. Daniel Suarez, and I'm just going to read off two or three notables. Daniel Suarez came in 11th right out the top 10, and he needed to place in front of Ryan Newman to secure his spot in the playoffs, which he did not. Jimmy came in 35th, and Brad Keselowski came in 38th. And Daniel, Jimmy, and Brad are my notables. Obviously, Daniel is a notable because he was right there, but no cigar. Jimmy needed, like we, okay, take a deep breath, girl, before you say this. Jimmy (laughs) gave me so much hope. It was like Serena Williams in the U.S. Open, how she fought back down four or five sets. And then you thought, oh, wait, she's going to force another set. And then she just went home. And Jimmy did the same thing. He got my hopes up high. And then he went home. And Brad Kozlowski is a notable because Brad heading into the playoffs already has 
three wins this season. And he not that you need the momentum, but it would have been great for him to have the momentum going into the playoffs. And then he's also a notable because he had a lot to say about the safety at Indy Annapolis Motor Speedway because he crashed out and it wasn't a nice crash. Where do we go? Oh, wait, should I read off the playoff drivers just so you guys know before we go any further? Is that okay? Yeah, I think that'll work. Okay. Kyle Bush is in the playoffs with four wins, and I'm just going to read them in the order of how everyone is stacking up as we go to Las Vegas next week to kick off the playoffs. Denny Hamlin in with four wins. Truex Jr. is in with four wins. Harvick has three wins. Joy Logano, two. Brad Keselowski, three. Chase Elliott, two. Kurt Busch, one. Alex Bowman got his first career cup win this season, securing his spot in the playoffs. Eric Jones is in with a win. And that rounds out your top 10 heading into the playoffs. The other six drivers who names I'm about to read are in the playoffs, but they did not win. They got in based on points. Kyle Larson, Ryan Blaney, William Byron, Eric Amarola, Clint Boyer, and Ryan Newman. Okay, so let's jump into some Indianapolis Motor Speedway Brickyard 400 last regular season race talk. Who wants to go? Because I think I done talked for about 25, 30 minutes. (laughs) I guess I could go go ahead and go first. I thought just overall, the Brickyard 400, going into this weekend, I didn't really expect too much of what we got on Sunday. It turned out to be quite a race. It had a little bit of everything. You had a few guys mix it up at the front. You had quite a few crashes. You had this, that, Bubba Wallace in third. I mean, it, it was crazy. I, I didn't think that this track would produce anything of this nature. And just going off the last two years of it, I think we've got two crazy races and what most people would probably forget about the Brickyard in the past couple of years. It just hasn't been the greatest, but we got a show. I think you got a little bit of everything. And I don't know what more we could really ask for from a fan perspective out of Indianapolis. I just think that the package worked perfectly there and it put on quite a good show so it was a fun race i enjoyed every minute of it from start to finish honestly well kenny it's interesting that you said that because we posted on twitter and i'm just gonna read it we posted no better time than when a stage ends under caution to ask are you enjoying the race so far and that refers to the fact that stage two of the race ended under caution which was mind-boggling we went on to ask, how do you feel? Is the race good? Are you entertained? Thoughts, hashtag NASCAR, hashtag Brickyard 400. 51% said I am. 23% said no, not at all. And 26% said not sure how I feel. And a few people chimed in. Let's see, Noli and his user is N-O-L-I underscore P-O-L-L or L-I-P-O-L-I, he chimed in and said, absolutely an entertaining race. A lot of action and a lot of tension. You can literally feel from all these drivers battling for those final spots in the playoffs. Really anticlimactic stage finishes, though. And obviously, he's referring to the fact that stage two ended on a caution. I We tweeted this 
pretty much, I felt maybe about 15 or 16 laps in, the race just had this weird vibe. It Like I knew something was going to happen. It was weird. It was almost that feeling you get when you're watching Talladega or you're watching a Daytona race and you feel the big one is coming. But for Indianapolis, it was just a lot of little things happening. Well, I guess they weren't little things because there were a few hard wrecks, but it was just a weird vibe. I don't know how to explain it, but clearly reading some tweets, I know Jeff Gluck had posted that he thought that it was a weird vibe. A bunch of people felt the same way. Kenny, did you feel like that watching the race or? Honestly, I did. I mean, you don't ever expect Indianapolis to turn out this way. I I never would have thought. It's usually pretty calm, honestly, unless you get a late restart, like how we got last year in 2018, which gave Keselowski a win that year going into the playoffs. We we got something completely different from that. And just going back in the history, once you think about Indy, after 2008, when the tire issue happened and they had to change tires almost every 10 laps or so and Jimmy Johnson won that one and that happened you know it it almost like killed off Indy is what it seemed like just racing was just the same it really wasn't anything special and nobody was really you know cared about it as much for something that's a crown jewel but it was an odd day very odd day some some hard wrecks too glad everyone is okay first off but just a very very strange day couldn't have took that one to Las Vegas and couldn't have guessed that one for sure Renee, I want to throw it to you. I don't know if you can say throw it or is that the correct thing? In any event, Renee, I want to hear from you. What are your thoughts on your boy Jimmy Johnson not making the playoffs? Because we both went out on a limb and we went out on a prayer or hope and a wish that he could get in and he did not get in. So what what are your thoughts on that? I don't know if I really honestly thought, Tam, that Jimmy Johnson could really pull out a miracle. I didn't think it was going to happen, but I was hoping it was going to happen. And unfortunately, it it didn't. Uh, He ended up running into that wall. And I just don't... Let me go back to a few steps here. I know that there was a tweet out there that said, well, what what does it matter whether he made the playoffs or not? He wasn't running well to begin with. That is true. That And that is very, very true. He The whole entire season, he hasn't been racing very well. I think maybe he had what, like, maybe like a couple of uh, races that he had a few bright spots in. But yeah, I have to agree with a lot of the people that were chiming in on social media, especially on Twitter. You know, he wasn't having a, a great season and he honestly wasn't driving very well. So whether he made the playoffs, I don't think it would have mattered because he, he wasn't racing well anyway. I don't know how you guys kind of see it, but it's just amazing how his run of, I think, it, if, if, correct me if I'm wrong. He had, what was it, like 16 or 17 seasons in a row that he made the playoffs? I think it's 16. He's made it every single year under every single format and has won under every single format. See, that's literally impressive. I mean, I know he's upset about not making the playoffs, but my goodness, I mean, (laughs) that's phenomenal. Going back to what you just said about there being some noise. Well, I don't know if noise is the correct term, but there being some comments floating around about Jimmy and the playoffs. I'm assuming you're referring to Nick Bromberg's tweet where he writes, real talk, why does it matter that Jimmy Johnson made the playoffs or not? He wasn't close to being a title contender. Outside of the financial difference, and then he put in parentheses, big for teams, 
there's no benefit between finishing 13th or 17th. And people had things to say. I personally am a little torn because I agree with Nick's tweet, but at the same token, it's Jimmy Johnson's seven-time champion. Anything is possible. So that's why I'm torn, but I don't disagree with the tweet. A lot of people agreed and a lot of people disagreed, but I think sometimes we're so attached to drivers and personalities that not saying that we lose sight of reality, but the reality is, could he have pulled it off? And then if you guys remember back to the question that I posed last week, or wasn't even why I posed the question, but I made a comment about there are some drivers that are going to make it in the playoffs that aren't going to contend for the title. So Nick Bromberg is just pretty much saying what I said. So I'm actually probably on the side of like, he hasn't performed that well this season. Of course, it doesn't suck not to see a seven time champion come back a hundred percent. It sucks to see the top or the cream of the crop in the, in NASCAR fall down as time goes on in the career, but it does happen. I mean, Richard Petty, for example, who also has won seven championships in his last, I think, eight seasons in cup didn't win anything. So, you know, it's amazing to see him still around for one, but I don't think it's all said and done for Jimmy Johnson. I mean, we also have to take an account for having the crew chief switch up twice this season, mixing all that up, going through all these different changes, a brand new package. He's getting used to different things. It's not what he's, you know, been accustomed to for so long. So it it takes some time. And then just going to talking about how many people are in the field and, you know, you're talking about 16 and that probably that latter, that latter half is probably not going to make it past the first round unless something happens. That's typically how it has been. But I guess that also goes along the lines of, well, I don't think we should have 16 in the playoffs, if I'm being honest. I still think 12 was the perfect number during the chase era. I think we have too many drivers that are in the playoffs as it is. I think it should be 12. I agree with that. I, honestly, I just think the disparity between the field and how small the field has gotten, it doesn't make sense anymore to have 16 drivers in the playoffs because if we only have 38 cars showing up each weekend, on average, that's roughly half of the field each weekend or half of the field making it to the playoffs. I don't think it should be that way if you're going to do it that way. Cut it in down just a little bit more honestly i won't disagree with you on that because (laughs) neither will i yeah i was when as i was going through the drivers the top 10 i was like some of these drivers are just like the fact jimmy johnson crashed out and came in what 35th place and he still finished ahead of a few drivers that's actually pretty mind-boggling, but it's those drivers who each week enter the race, but never even crack the top 20, let alone the top 30. But hey, who am I? NASCAR <laughs> clearly believes that there should be 16 drivers. So who am I to argue? I do want to talk about Bubba Wallace, who came in P3, and it is very delightful to say the least. And I know you guys are like, what kind of flowery word is delightful? But it's just the word that came to mind. But it was delightful to see how many fans Bubba Wallace has. So many people were happy for him. Now, granted, 
Can you say it was a fluke? I'm not going to say that. Maybe somebody else will say that. But I just found it to be interesting that he took some subpar equipment and made a supercar out of it, or at least made it appear to be a supercar because he came in P3. Especially at a race like this where the competition, nobody was backing down. This wasn't Talladega or Daytona where anybody could win. And not that anybody can't win any other race, but this race had playoff implications. So people were really giving it 110%. So for him to come in third, that was pretty, pretty dope. What do you guys think about it? I will say it was pretty cool. He had pace all weekend, as a matter of fact. So him getting third place on Sunday was pretty cool to see. He finished, I think, fourth in in practice on Saturday's practice, and he qualified 15th this morning, had a solid car. He seemed like he was in a really good mood, and the car was really good in traffic. And I think, honestly, if the top two, if Logano and Harvick had kept going side by side all the way through, he probably would have had a better chance to catch him because they would have slowed themselves up and he would have been right there. But just clean air per usual, you know, gets away from somebody. But just all in all, I think that was pretty cool for him, especially given just the type of season they've had. They haven't had the best season in the world. So getting something like this is positive, especially if you're looking to move towards 2020, you know, obviously not in the playoffs, but you want to try and have the best momentum you can heading back into February, next February into Daytona. So big congrats to him. It was a great, great day. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna ride that that coattail there real quick too because I think it was fantastic to see him P3. I thought the other good thing about it too was the interview that he gave afterwards, right after. And I can't remember who was interviewing him, but she had, uh, kind of uh, mentioned when he came in second place at the beginning of the year, and he kind of just like, and I just like he kind of just rolled his eyes, like, okay, that was like a long time ago. But she had a kind of a good point, like, what is it about these kinds of races and and, and these kinds of tracks? that bring out the best in him. And I would kind of agree with that because regardless of what the circumstances are or what the situation is, you know, he seems to put himself in a position where he finishes a second or third uh, or whatever the case may be. And I think you're right, Kenny. I think just this itself, hopefully will propel and motivate him to going into forward to 2020 with with some kind of motivational thing on his on his shoulders and, and hoping and they can build on this and they can have a better season come next year because I, I really see that happening for him and his team. And Tam, you're right. It, I don't know what it is about Bubba, but he's obviously made that okay car into a really super car and whatever that means. But I like the sound of that and hopefully he can he can keep moving forward with that. Yeah, I hate to go from such a happy, delightful note to a not so great topic, but what was up with the attendance at Indy? And I remember seeing a tweet before the race where somebody was like, oh, it'll be 65,000 people there and NASCAR fans will complain that the stands look empty. I don't know what the attendance, the ticket sales were, but I don't think it was 65,000, that's for sure. I think I was it even 30,000. <laughs> it was definitely more than what was projected like a couple weeks ago. I was shocked to see what was there from being honest. I think a, an article from a local paper it came out and said there was only maybe 17,000 ticket sales at the time and that was a couple weeks before it went off, but Yikes. like I was talking about earlier with 2008, it just seems like Indy has been on a downhill 
ever since for the sake of cup racing, right? Or for stock car racing, just in general at um, Indianapolis. And again, this is another reason why I've, I've always have had it drop off my list of crown jewels in the cup series. I still feel like it's just three of them, but not, not the fourth. I think Indy had its allure in the nineties when it came around and the racing was still good then. And it was interesting. It was new. It was something different. It was something that nobody had ever seen and let alone nobody had imagined at the time. And I guess over the years, you know, less and less people got interested in the racing. I mean, it's a one groove track. It's a flat track. Notice Miami, for example, Homestead Miami that we have today wouldn't have existed had they not realized let's get rid of the flat track or let's keep the flat track and stay with our gun. But they decided to switch and they've got progressive banking and it's all worked out for them. And he's not going to do that for obvious reasons, but just a flat track stock car just doesn't really mix too well. But that's not taken away from that. We did get a great show without a doubt. But I just think just fans aren't as attracted to it as they used to. I think seeing 47,000 at Darlington last weekend was much better than what we saw today. And I think people actually enjoy watching the racing a little bit more at Darlington than they would at Indianapolis. But that's just my hot take. (laughs) Yeah, it is definitely flat. And I don't want to go into it too much. Well, Renee, did you want to add anything about Indy or can we move right along? Oh, no, we could. Yeah, we could definitely move right along because um, I, I pretty much am in agreement with, with what you and Kenny have been okay. saying. Okay, I don't want to drill on it, but it came up the Xfinity race. What was up with Kyle not being able to do burnouts? Fans are mad. It just was. Uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't understand that either, Tam. I was like, "What? What? what? I was confused. What, was there some? Did somebody say something beforehand?" Or well, personally, what, what I don't feel as if it's not that it's not possible to do burnouts, but I don't know. Guess they didn't want to mess up the bricks before the cup race. I, I don't know. So this has been like maybe I would say now going on two years. It's been the the age old debate. About, you know, seriously, like it, it's bad. I mean, I have seen people get really mad about this and I, I get it. Trust me, I get it. So the, the stigma isn't even just against Cup. It's more so for in, for obviously for Indianapolis itself and the bricks. Most drivers, I think even in IndyCar are, you know, obviously instructed not to do burnouts on the bricks. You can do a burnout at Indy. There's no, no issue with that at all. It's just nobody wants to do that on the bricks. That's just what they're what their deal is. And I totally understand it. I think those bricks have been there damn near since the track has been around. It's, it, they, I think they're the oldest that are there. But Yeah, they are because you guys know the right. story about how yeah, I threw my I brick say. in the trash. Yeah, right. Because I so got tired people... of looking at it. It was in a jar that I got. It was. Uh... <laughs> I got tired of looking no, at it. No, I did. I was... It was in the house. Then I moved it to storage. And uh, I was just like, what hey, am I keeping You're going to trigger this? some IndyCar fan, I'm telling you. Be yeah, triggered. I, I dumped that S-H-I-T in the trash. <laughs> Dude, there's probably a NASCAR fan out there whose head it just exploded. But it's not the first yeah. thing that I dumped in the trash. Because after a while, I get tired of looking at it. I have so much stuff. In fact, I just yeah, dumped that's... away. I, I dumped away. I don't know if that's even proper. But I dumped some of my Super Bowl things in the trash my super bowl yeah. seat cushion my pepsi halftime gloves all that stuff and as you guys know because periodically i post photos of helmets and die cast cars and stuff i got so much crap <laughs> and I, I always say i'm gonna give it away but like low-key 
I don't like to pay for shipping. So that's why. <laughs> like the post office is expensive. So like yeah. sometimes when I do give away die cast. Speaking of giveaways and die cast, I'm actually going to be in Las Vegas this week. Yeah, for the playoffs. And I'm going to be hanging out with the good folks over at Auto Trader. And I do have some number two die cast Auto Trader cars for Brad Kozlowski. So I'm definitely going to give away one of those guys. And I may get some other stuff to give away. But like I said, I don't like paying for shipping because to mail those die cast cars is sometimes like $10. And I love the fans, but those that $10 adds up. And we don't have a (laughs) Patreon where people are supporting the podcast. So that comes out of (laughs) my pocket. So, yeah. But go ahead. I just totally interrupted you, Kenny. So sorry. No, no, you're fine. No, you're fine. But um, just the whole thing with the bricks has just like been a, a historical thing. And even the track president had mentioned that he just doesn't want them to do that. So it's really simple. It's just something that's just been blown out of proportion over the last two years between any car fans and between stock car fans. I just think it's just as simple as this. Look, you don't got to do a damn burnout over the bricks. It's not going to kill nobody. You got 2000 feet to do it. Trust me, it is it's plenty of space out there for someone to do so. But I just wish it hadn't became as big of a debate as it turned into. It was it was pretty bad. But yeah, it's all good. Indianapolis was still fun. <laughs> Do you think Brad Kozlowski's comments about the safety? Well, I don't know if you can say safety issues, but Brad had a lot to say following his crash about the um, tire barriers. So do you think that's going to become an issue? I'm sure for the sake of Indianapolis and how far they've advanced in safety, I think they'll definitely look look forward to something. I guarantee you by May, something's going to be different about that corner. And I mean, I will say this. I think the tire barriers for that time probably helped him out a lot in that situation. Because if that, w- that, that wall right there doesn't have safer barrier, it's a straight concrete wall because of the road course. Yeah. So. That impact might have been a lot worse than what it was, honestly. But I get what he's saying because this is also something that happened at Auto Club a couple years ago. Kyle Larson got even he cut a tire, came down the backstretch at um Auto Club, and just like that, they have a road course and there's like a stretch of wall that's like kind of pointed at a ninety degree angle. And you don't want anything that's like jagged like that when you have cars coming at it and you know probably there's a potential of a car hitting it, just like how we saw with Brad, for example. So I'm sure they'll fix that with a temporary wall or something of that nature. I don't think this will be something that they won't take, you know, lightly. I think they'll take it pretty seriously. So he, he's got every right to say what he had to say. I totally understand him. Yeah. And I'm going to add just a, a quick comment to that, Kenny. And when it comes to Brad, uh, Koslowski seems to, when he says something, he's pretty influential to have NASCAR change whatever it is that he's complaining about. But in, in this case, I think you're right. I think he does have a point to say what he's saying. And I wouldn't be surprised if you see something by next ne- next May that, that something or at least that specific thing will be changed. I mean, it, it is NASCAR. Let's be honest. They change rules and everything so much all the time. They should make some changes to that corner. I, I, actually, I, I, I believe that. Well, let's wrap up Indy. And I said that I was going to bring it down to a negative note. But and I guess that technically was it. And we have one more thing to talk about that's probably not the greatest thing to talk about. 
But before we jump into that, and because that's more so what's going on in NASCAR, I want to wrap up Indianapolis on a positive note. Michael Waltrip tweeted, feel good stories from IMS, as in Indianapolis Motor Speedway, free onions, Kevin Harvick, free pickles, Chase Elliott, and great run by Bubba Wallace and Richard Petty Motorsports. A solid top 20 by Corey LaJoy. Congrats, buds. Feel good story. Renee, you going to get some blooming onions from, out? is it Outback? Yeah, it is. Yeah, we live in LA. We don't have a lot of those kind of places. We've had this conversation before. And then free pickles from Hooters. We do have a Hooters on Hollywood Boulevard. That's near Renee. So you're going to get your free fried greasy pickles, Renee? (laughs) I'm going to go get the free pickles because not because it's at Hooters, but because I love pickles. I'm not going to get no onions because I don't like onions. I don't care how you cook them. Uh, maybe grilled, okay, maybe. But I'm not an onion kind of guy, but I am a pickle kind of guy. And I love me some pickles. And I do love me some <laughs> Yeah, I'm not. I hate onions as well. I will cook them if really? they're, oh, no, I don't mess around with nobody's onions. In fact, yeah, Mm-mm. I usually will tell you no lettuce or onions on anything. And so let me backtrack. I actually love lettuce. <laughs> I love a good salad. I don't like it on my food. And I hate onions under all circumstances. In fact, where was I at last week? I don't eat that kind of food, but I, it was smelling good. I, I saw them, some the waitress, somebody ordered some onion rings. And I was like, oh, I'll get some onion rings. And, no, you didn't. oh, but I don't eat the <laughs> onion. I only eat the Damn. breaded crust. Everybody what? knows that. Oh. <laughs> Even since I was a kid. So I just crack open. The, and pull the onion out and just eat the okay. crust. <laughs> that's top clip, but that, that's like one of the top clips of this year. <laughs> yeah, actually, you know what? I was in San Diego. and Okay, I was in San Diego at this grass-fed, because of course, California, I was at a grass-fed <laughs> burger joint, but they had grilled chicken and they had grass-fed beef, which I didn't eat that. But yeah, I had a grilled chicken sandwich and some onion rings and the onion rings had organic ketchup because this is California and that's just what we do. And organic ketchup doesn't have sugar in it. So that's why I treated myself to some onion rings and some ketchup. And I pulled the onion out of every single one of those onion rings. And the people at the table with me were like, uh, (laughs) what are you doing? Yeah, I don't eat nobody's onions. But I don't like eggs like, either. <laughs> Under any circumstances, I hate eggs. I, I see. That's by any means. That's like ordering a slice of pepperoni and you at the table and you taking the pepperoni off. Like, what? <laughs> but see, I wouldn't order pepperoni. I would only order cheese pizza, but I no longer eat yeah. cheese, so I wouldn't order pizza <laughs> at all. I'm going to say something real quick. Kenny and Tam, I, I'm not going to knock on Tam too too much here because although I think that that, that is crazy and wild what you do. But <laughs> the only reason why I'm not going to knock Tam too much is because as much as I despise onions on anything in my food or near my food, I do enjoy the taste of some Funyuns. Really? And I love Funyuns. Oh, Kenny, do you know what those are, Kenny? What? My yeah. best, I used to, they're I used they're to the best things I love to eat. <laughs> what? Okay. All right. Let, let me get this straight. Okay. So... <laughs> We got two people that can't stand onions, 
One likes Funyuns. One will get onion rings, but will take the onion out. So am I the only damn person on this podcast that will have them cooked in my food or eat them with no issue? Like I don't like it raw, but like it's gotta it's gotta be like cooked, like cooked in my food. What? But why do you why do you think me and Tam get along so damn, well? Why do you think me and Tam have new. been doing this podcast so long together? Yeah, I don't mess around. And again, occasionally I may eat onions, but they have to be really cooked in the food. Oh man! But it's mentally and crunchy. I can't can't mess. Yeah, with man. Onions. Oh man, yeah. that's wow. That's different. Yep. That, that's like sorry to wow, bring that down that, for you, Kenny. Wow, that's different, man. See, yeah. See, because when I cook, I use onions. Like when I like bake chick, <laughs> like bake chicken. So if if I ever had to make chicken for either of y'all, I'd be like, okay, no onions. I got you. Say no more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Don't man. mess around with onions. That was the feel good story. Tim doesn't like onions, <laughs> and I take the onion out the onion rings. <laughs> Hashtag Tim's rant. Renee doesn't like onions, but he loves pickles, and I actually love pickles too. And this is something very old school. Kenny cannot relate to this. I don't know if Renee can relate to this, but back in the day, we used to buy the big pickles and stick a peppermint in it. Uh, uh, oh I don't yeah, know if you know about that, yeah. Renee. I, I remember you know about that. that, Renee. Yeah, I remember that. Yep. <laughs> That was back in the I day. <laughs> just like I used to love me some chili Fritos. Oh, I just had a flashback. Boy, chili cheese Fritos? Oh, man. Yes, with the chili and the cheese on top of the yeah, Fritos. And, and, and you eat them right out of the bag? Oh, man. That's, that's yes. Tam taking it back. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so we talking Funyuns. Anybody like pork rinds? I don't know. I'm just throwing it back now. Oh, I'll say this. And Kenny cannot relate to this, but maybe one listener out there <laughs> knows about my favorite candy. Why? I, actually, my favorite candy is candy corn, which is kind of weird because people hate candy people corn. My, but My ex-wife loves candy corns. Oh. I love me some candy corn. Yeah, man. But my other candy, well... Oh my God, now my mind is racing with candy because I, I like slapsticks. I like now laters. But my ultimate candy is a Chico stick. Oh wow. my God. Wow. Kenny don't know nothing about a nah, Chico stick. Nah, this kid doesn't. <laughs> yeah, that is old. But for our listeners tale. that are of a certain age. Yeah. But wait, did they have the Chico stick in other regions? I don't know. Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> Okay, that's just like, does Wendy still have that chocolate Frosty? Oh, yeah, yeah, Wendy's. Oh, yeah, 100%. I love it. Yeah, that Wendy's Frosty is bomb. I'm just going to say this, because I don't eat any of that kind of stuff. I I don't eat sugar, any of that. So this is just me back down memory lane. But I'm just going to weigh in on the Popeye's debate. I don't eat Popeye's either. I haven't had the chicken sandwich, yeah, but everybody's wrong. That chicken sandwich is not better than Wendy's spicy chicken oh, sandwich. That's it. Oh, I don't know about that. And I love me some Wendy's too. And I love the spicy chicken sandwich for Wendy's. I don't know. Oh no, Tam. Wow. That <laughs> I'm gonna end that the debate. That chicken sandwich will always reign supreme, even over Chick-fil-A. Ooh. Although I Ooh. do enjoy a good Chick-fil-A chicken Ooh. and biscuit. I don't know that. So Ooh. that's that. That spicy chicken from Chick-fil-A is mighty oh, tasty. I'm gonna be honest. Look, look, look. I might put Wendy second. I'll put Chick-fil-A up. Oh, oh man. Mm. Chick-fil-A, man, that spicy chicken sandwich from Chick-fil-A do be hitting. Mm. Yes. Okay, 
are people are like, what is this conversation I about? I know we're like, is NASCAR related because <laughs> is NASCAR related because most of the food at the NASCAR tracks is nasty. There, I said it. Okay. Oh, the one last thing we need to talk about, and this is kind of a Debbie Downer. I just kind of wanted to mention it, but apparently the NRA has beef with NASCAR as in NASCAR. We're going to keep an eye on this to see how this turns out because, you know, the NRA sponsors the Bristol race. Yeah. So this could be interesting. But the NRA tweeted, NASCAR is taking a gradual shift on guns and will no longer allow partners to advertise commonly owned rifles. This pathetic decision will cause their current customers to take a gradual shift on NASCAR and will alienate potential customers. Good luck, explanation mark. And then they posted a link that apparently goes to a website that talks about the NASCAR goes anti-gun. They have a photo and everything. I'm not going to jump into the comments, but actually, as I'm looking at the comments, I see that our friends Sherwin and Rusty from PETM Racing Podcast chimed in. This is one of those things. I live in California. It's not common to tote guns like that, like people do in the South. I'm not going to weigh in on it because I'm just not going to weigh in on it. But I will read PETM Racing Podcast tweets. Their reply to the NRA and NASCAR was, no, what's pathetic is your migration from a gun safety education and environmental awareness organization to a lobby group for gun and ammunition manufacturing companies. Might be time to look in the mirror. The second amendment will be around long after you're gone. And there are a bunch of tweets. Somebody said goodbye NASCAR. Somebody said about damn time NASCAR took a stand. Enjoy having less supporters yourselves NRA. And so on and so on. This is something that I'm sure people are split on. NASCAR fans, maybe not so much. Because, like, I remember when I was at Texas earlier this year, it was a guy selling guns at the race in the fan zone. A little shocking to me because, I don't know, it's just not, it's not common for me. I don't knock what people do and decide. It's just not the way I live my life. I live in a city. I don't know. Maybe if I lived in the country on a farm where hunting and things like that were more common, I would have a different stance. But hey. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if anybody else wants to chime in, but I that to me, that topic is a little radioactive. So it's one of those things tread lightly and not that I'm afraid to share my opinion because I give a damn what anybody thinks about how I feel because I'm going to feel the way I feel. But I am always very, I try to be conscious of how other people feel. Because that's what's wrong with America. We think how we feel is the only way to feel. We don't take in consideration how other people feel. So so I like to tread lightly on those topics. Kenny, I don't even think you should probably comment. But Renee, if you want to chime in or not, we can just keep it moving. Yeah, I I mean, we could really kind of keep moving. But the only thing I'll say is because I grew up in Texas and, uh, and I grew up around a lot of family that had guns, a lot of friends whose families had guns. It's, uh, it was pretty common to, to see and be around that growing up in Texas. It was just a normal thing, uh, for, for me, for us. I don't know, for us Texans, I guess. But now I'm, I personally don't own a gun. 
I know I don't have the right temperament to own a gun, and I'm glad that I am aware and I acknowledge that, but I, I can totally understand how touchy this subject is for, for NASCAR and the NRA. Hopefully, they can, I guess, come to an agreement and resolve this issue because uh, it is a touchy thing, uh, especially when, and Tim, we've talked about this many a times uh, on our podcast, uh, even in the years uh, before uh, today. But uh, we've talked about how we don't like to mix politics, you know, uh, with our sports. Unfortunately, it, it sometimes comes to that and there's, that, there's nothing we can do about it. But hopefully they can get it resolved and just kind of move on, whether they whether they come to an agreement and get that relationship back or not. But, yeah, you're right. It is a touchy subject. And um, uh, hopefully that, that gets resolved uh, one way or the other on a positive note. Let's keep it positive and talk about Las Vegas. We're going to give our predictions. And these predictions are a little tough, at least I think so, because it's not like it's just a race at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. It is actually the first playoff race. If you guys recall, this is the first year that we're racing twice at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Mm -hmm. I will be there starting on Thursday for media day and for burnouts and Thursday afternoon or evening after burnouts, I'm going to be lounging at the pool. I can promise you guys that. And I may on, I don't know what I'm going to do on Friday. I guess eventually I'll make it down to the track. I'll be at the track all day Sunday. And I believe I'm going there for practice or something on Friday, Saturday. I, I don't really know the schedule, but Make sure you guys hang out with me on the Twitter as well as the Instagram because I will be posting a lot. But yeah, don't be surprised if you see my little toesies hanging out at the pool, poolside. <laughs> Hopefully Renee will get it together and come down, but that's a whole nother story because, you know, that's his second home. Mm-hmm. But I'm almost afraid if he comes down, he may party too hard and not even make it to the race. <laughs> but his ticket is waiting for him if yeah, he right? does decide to come. Let's switch things up a little bit because I've talked a lot. Renee and Kenny, and I guess, Kenny, you give us your predictions first. So who you got, Kenny, for Las Vegas Motor Speedway first playoff race of the 2019 season? It's time for Tam and Renee's race predictions. All right. So we're going back to Las Vegas for the second time. We went early in the spring this year. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go on a whim. I'm going to go with the Fords again. I'm going to pick Joey Logano to win the, op- the opening playoff race. And then for my alternative pick, I'm going to keep it in the Ford family. And I'm going to go with Kevin Harvick as my alternative pick for Las Vegas. So with that being said, those are my picks. I'm sticking with them. What's up, Renee? All right. I like those picks, but um, I'm not picking either one of those guys. Because I'm going to start off right off the bat with my man, number 11, Denny Hamlin. I'm looking for this guy to come out and win the first race and punch his ticket for the rest of the playoff. I really honestly believe that Denny Hamlin is just going to come out and have a really, really good race. And I, I feel very confident that Denny Hamlin is going to knock out this first race. Uh, just to prove that, you know, look, I've been having a good season all year and, uh, um, maybe I, I, I tailed off and you hadn't heard my name, but nobody's talking about me, but here I am. And I honestly feel that Denny Hamlin's going to have a good race this coming weekend in uh, Vegas. So on my alternative pick though, I'm actually going to go with the number 18 Kyle Bush. I think Hamlin and, and Bush are going to really kind of like be, uh, head to head a little close there. 
Uh, but I think Denny Hamlin will win it. But my alternative pick, I'm going with Kyle Busch, the number 18 car. Those are my picks, Tam, and I'm sticking with them. Interesting pick. Let's see if Kyle Busch can get it done while he's at home. I'm not going to give you guys a history lesson this week, and there obviously is no fan comment because, well, there was a fan comment I gave it earlier in the podcast. But, yeah, I'm just going to keep it simple. I'm going to pick Denny Hamlin as my winner and Kevin Harvick as my alternative to win at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Right on. Okay. Well, those are our picks. What say you, fans of Alternate No Breaks? You guys got some picks? Send them to us. Hit us up on our social media across the board at Turns No Breaks. Feel free to let anybody know about our podcast, and we always appreciate your support throughout the entire season that you're with us. We really, really honestly do appreciate that, and we'd love for you to go and subscribe to our podcast, rate, review us, and definitely leave us a comment. It's always a pleasure talking with my partners, Tam and Kenny. And for Tam and Kenny and myself, we'll see you again. Playoffs start this week in Las Vegas. Bye-bye. Playoffs? See y'all. Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? <laughs> playoffs? <laughs> <laughs> one of Bye. The, that's one of the best rants ever. Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee. 